0: Hi and welcome to Season 7, Episode 1 of My Words, Our Journey, The Lodging Place. My name is Monty, your host and author. I hope you enjoy the beginning of our new journey. Chapter 1, DHS, Special Lodging Unit. The storm had been one of the worst on the East Coast in years. Power had only been restored for about a week. The Cleanup would take months. Communities were seeing businesses reopen and streets becoming passable with trees and debris being removed. It would take months and hundreds of thousands of dollars to undo what 22 hours and 35 minutes had done. Mother Nature again reminded those that would have forgotten that she is powerful, unpredictable, and unstoppable. Trent thought about what had happened and how it was a miracle that no one was killed. Four people had been taken to the hospital. According to the local paper, each case the individual had not heeded the warnings and had tried to take in the spectacle. Passing a home that looked like it had been split in half, he thought about the people that he worked with. He silently thanked the powers that be that none of his family or staff had been hurt or lost their homes. The hotel parking lot was nearly full. Most of their current guests made up of crews there to help clean up and locals that had damaged their homes. He pulled in two hours before the majority of his staff would arrive. As most mornings, he smiled, walking past his night auditor's bright red Chevy Cavalier with the shiny rims and the flames running down the side. Elmo had been with him for over three years, and he still didn't know much about him and understood him even less. Trent doubted he ever would, and he was okay with that. He never called in sick, was always 20 minutes early for his shift, and usually stayed about an hour after to make sure everything was set for the day before he left. As Trent told many over the years, Elmo's value to the hotel far outweighed the oddness of him. Entering the lobby, Trent was met by his night auditor and two men wearing expensive suits. They looked like they had been waiting for a while. It was six in the morning, he thought, as he tried to smile. This can't be good. Elmo was oblivious to the surprise Trent tried to hide, as he introduced the two men that were waiting to speak with his boss. If a gun was being held to Trent's head, he wouldn't be able to name either one of the guys that he had just been introduced to. He uttered two phrases that hit him hard. The Department of Homeland Security Special Lodging Unit, and is there somewhere we can speak in private? When the door was closed, and Trent felt like he had his legs back under him, he asked, Do you say Department of Homeland Security Special Lodging Unit? The taller of the two men smiled and said, Yes, Mr. Stevens. If you'll take a seat, it'll all be explained to you. Chapter 2. To the Middle of Nowhere They had been in a dark sedan for nearly an hour, Trent sitting in the passenger seat and the taller man sitting behind him in the back. He learned his name was Bill, and the driver was Todd. Both professional, mid-thirties, obviously good physical shape, and neither liked small talk. Trent had spent much of the trip replaying what he had been told. Part of him wanted for the camera to be revealed, and a too-skinny reality show host to emerge and explain the joke. Currently, from what he was told, they were headed to a special hotel that was located somewhere amongst the national forests that surrounded much of the landscape in this part of the country. With both men that accompanied him on this trip in their own little worlds, Trent tried to put the information he had been given into some kind of order hoping to make some sense of the whole thing. He had been told. He originally was looked at for the job because of a small local newspaper article that had highlighted how he and his staff had helped during the storm. His staff had been interviewed over the past few days by these two men. The hotel they were going to visit was in need of a new manager, but neither man could tell them what had happened to the previous. It was clear to Trent that it had happened suddenly. It was also clear they wanted to find a replacement as quickly as possible. And if that wasn't strange enough, he'd gotten the impression these two dark-suited gentlemen worked for somebody pretty high up in the government. This is crazy, he thought. The signage on both sides of the road read, National Training Site, No Trespassing, in large letters that you couldn't miss. Trent noticed the video camera looming large perched above both signs. This only added to the already strange feeling that Trent had about the start of his day. The road narrowed to what would only be described as maybe a logging path, and Trent wondered what he would find here, and what his staff had told these men that made them think he was the man for the job. The path they took became increasingly curvy, as well as dense with foliage, and the pavement turned to loose gravel. To Trent, it seemed like a perfect place for a quaint little hunting lodge. A tingle ran down the back of his neck as a thought crossed his mind. No one that cared about him knew where he was right now. For the first time in a while, the taller man spoke. Mr. Stevens, we're almost there. Please make sure you're secured in your seat. The C mounted Trent only for a brief second. First, he saw the device above the road that appeared to be similar to a speed pass system that they used on interstates to keep traffic moving, but also to collect tolls. Then, as the driver pushed the accelerator, the car seemed to lunge, and then drop, as if on a rail of the world's longest roller coaster. To him, it felt like a minute, but in reality, it was merely seconds before the automobile slowed in midair, then gently touched down. The driver never missed a beat, as if he had done this on a regular basis. Furthermore, I think this was a normal way of getting around. Before he could utter a protest or question, Trent was taken aback by the structure that loomed in the not-too-far distance. It sat on a magnificent hill, surrounded by the beauty of the forest, the green of the trees. The brightness of the flowering plants bushes even the brown of the trunks of the trees seemed to jump out like something on a high quality television but better adding to the beauty were the most spectacular horses their exquisiteness marked by the same strange brightness there were four within trent's sight and each gave off a remarkable glow each different but also the same the road had become open again smoothly paved lined with wonderful trees manicured flora and incredible statues that looked welcoming to the traveler that might come through this path. If asked to explain later, Trent would have to say it was like traveling into a fairy tale castle. Only the castle in this case was not merely a castle. Instead, it took the form of a castle blended perfectly with a lodge. A lodge only Trent had seen in magazines, very exclusive magazines, golfing vacation destinations for the ultra-rich. Two thoughts entered his mind as he felt the car begin to slow at the base of the hill. Who were the guests of such a hidden paradise? And who thought for a second he was qualified to manage something as enormous and splendorous as this? Before he could answer the questions, or decide if splendorous was actually a word, the sedan stopped. Both men began to exit immediately. Trent barely got one foot out of the door when he felt a presence looming over him. As he looked up, there stood the largest man Trent had ever seen in person, or in the movies actually. The man must have been well over six and a half feet tall, and every bit of three hundred pounds, proportioned as if God had made him out of stone. The man's smile and pleasant, welcome to the lodging place, did little to calm Trent's demeanor, until he exited the car and noticed the three figures standing about ten feet away. They were all male, each wore a dark suit that seemed to fit just right. First impression, Trent thought, not men that want to hear no or can't very often. Chapter 3 The Opportunity The three men introduced themselves, dismissed his two escorts, and asked how his trip had been, all while leading him to a building he hadn't noticed upon his arrival only minutes earlier. No matter the direction, someone had worked hard to make sure the structure fit in with its surroundings. But would give the impression of being official somehow. The exterior was rock, with thick wood beams of the darkest, deepest brown framing the building. There was a single line of some sort of flower vines running up the wall, crossing just under the windowsill, moving up and over the door frame. Four rocking chairs sat facing towards the lodge that rested above on the south end. Trent noticed that two of the chairs appeared normal, while two of them were at least two and a half times larger. Odd, he thought. The novelty chairs didn't fit in with the rest of the place. Trent studied the flags as he walked up the brick walkway to the double doors. Several of the flags he recognized as flags from the United States as well as foreign countries. Some, however, he couldn't begin to place. Each extraordinary, and seemed to fit in with the overall theme of the place. There must be hundreds of them, he thought, as he looked over the field that sat on the far side of the building. As everything he had been exposed to thus far... The open countryside was picture-perfect. How many man-hours must it take to keep this place perfect? Trent wondered as he realized the door was being held open for him. Inside, the theme continued. Formal, but inviting. The entrance, with its high ceiling lined with wonderful brass and steel fans, and the large tanks filled with exotic fish and plant life, made the whole place seem welcoming. But it was just beyond this scene that caught his eye, however. Two rooms. Walls lined with one video screen after another. Three men, in the same military gear as the enormous gentleman that had greeted him at the car door, were in each room, in some sort of weird version of a metal detector that you might find at an airport. If that airport was on Mars and in the year 3000, Trent considered. His confusion and wide-eyed interest caught the attention of the eldest of the gentlemen in the group. If things go as we hope they will, Mr. Stevens... This will all be explained in short order. He motioned Trent into a room that crossed between a doctor's waiting room and a police interrogation room that someone had tried to make more comfortable, but failed slightly. Once everyone took their seats, it didn't take long for the gentleman who had introduced himself as Mr. Whitmore to take charge and get straight to the point. Mr. Stevens, we know nearly everything we need to know regarding you, your family, and your management style. While you understandably have many questions for us, we must ask one of you first. Trent suddenly felt sick to his stomach. The thought that these men had investigated his family and seemed to know so much about them made him more than uneasy. He didn't want to hear the next question. Instead, he wanted to run out the door as fast as he could. Mr. Whitmore could obviously tell and try to diffuse the situation quickly. Trent, I understand it's a lot to take in with so little information. Please, if you'll hold judgment briefly. We feel you'll understand. With a weak smile and a slight head nod, acknowledging Trent's silent acceptance, he continued, The lodging place is very unique, and the men and women that work here have gone through hundreds of hours of training, extensive background checks. We, unfortunately, don't have that luxury of handling the replacement of our general manager. Mr. Whitmore was the only one that spoke, and each man in the room seemed to be waiting on the edge of his seat for his next words. Mr. Stevens, I'm entrusted with making the replacement happen expediently, but also to make sure we make the right choice. You see, the man being replaced has been with us for nearly 60 years. He seemed to pause, not for effect, but to make sure he spoke his next words with caution and correctly. I need to know if you're loyal to your country, its future, and the safety of its people, but before you answer, I must qualify. The position we're talking about will be Whoever gets the position, great knowledge, understanding, and a position of great importance in the universe, but with that will come great sacrifice for him and his family. The room became still. All eyes were now on Trent. After he was sure no one was going to speak, Trent decided he would. He felt the need to stand as his legs were becoming numb. Gentlemen, I'm sure there's a reason you brought me here instead of the hundreds of other candidates that I feel would be a lot more confident and qualified for this than me. Feeling you've been uncomfortable, he decided to sit back down. But I'll answer your question to the best of my ability. I am loyal to my country. I do want to see a wonderful future for my kids and future grandchildren. And my family does understand the sacrifices that being a general manager of a hotel entails. Before he could continue, he noticed the other men in the room looking at each other, wanting to speak, but not. He paused. And waited to see what would happen next. He watched as Mr. Whitmore nodded to one of the men in the corner. Trent wasn't sure how this was going to go. I understand your position, I truly do. So I've made a decision. I hope I won't regret. I'm going to tell you enough about the lodging place to help you see my position and why I must be careful. Understand, however, this is a matter of national security, and you'll have no proof and all the power of the governments, not only in the United States, but around the world. They'd have no choice but to discredit you and your family if you leave here and tell anyone what you've learned. Do you still want me to continue? Trump felt like he was playing a role of an action character in a movie, not a manager of a mid-sized limited-service hotel and family man. But still, he answered, Yes, sir, you should. Very well. Mr. Whitmore adjusted his suit coat and cleared his throat. Well, I think the best way to approach this is just to get straight to the core of the matter, then. You realize we can prove all I have to tell you, Trent. The lodging place is special for many reasons. The most important, however, is the guests that cross through its doors. You see, our guests are not of this world. The lodging place is where the world invites houses, meets, greets, holds meetings, with those of other worlds. Simply, it's a hotel convention center for what we'll just call aliens or extraterrestrials for now. He had seen the look before and waited while his guest processed what he had been told, then continued when he thought the time was right. This is one of the reasons we need to fill this position as quickly as possible, but with the right person. We have guests arriving all the time and each has their own special needs. We need someone with your skills and personality to manage the wonderful and competent staff that greet and take care of these guests, make them feel at home as much as possible. Trent had to interrupt. Sir, I'm sorry. Before I process any more, I have to know what skills you think I have that would make me anywhere near qualified to take on something like this. That's a fair question. Let me give you the answer. Trent, you have a wonderful family that supports and trusts you. Your faithful and loving wife would be a great asset to the lodging place, as well as your children. Your let's-get-it-done attitude when accomplishing tasks, taking care of hotel guest needs or problems, and your outside-of-the-box thinking would also serve us well here. Your family is young. From all we can gather, you spend most of your time together. No real friends or family close. You and your wife are both only children, and unfortunately, both sets of your parents are no longer with us which means you could step away from your jobs, your home. You could, essentially, disappear. Trent spoke again. Disappear? Um, yes, Mr. Whitmore answered. I may be getting ahead of myself. but This is one of the great sacrifices of the position. You and your family would be asked to move to the lodging place with no further contact with the outside world other than what is provided here. Trent rubbed his hands through his hair, trying to decide which way he should take this conversation. He didn't have a clue. So, thankfully, when one of the other gentlemen in the room spoke for the first time, he was okay with that. Mr. Stevens, if your family gave you their blessing, would you be willing to take a tour of the grounds? See some of our facilities and meet several of the staff? Yes, I have to admit, you have my attention. I'm intrigued by your confidence in me wonderful the same man spoke with enthusiasm your wife and children have been briefed by some of the children and women of the facility i have confirmation they are eager to take the tour with us Chuck was surprised that his family was in the building but he couldn't do anything except for force a smile and say well let's not keep them waiting then it was as if he was caught in a whirlwind but couldn't decide if he should be afraid the steven's reunion was short those watching if they had not known better, would have believed the group had not seen each other for months. In actuality, it had been less than three hours. In the middle of the hugs and kisses and before any questions or comments could be made, the group was interrupted and asked to enter another room where they would be briefed before the tour. The briefing had felt more like a lecture on all the what they could do and what they couldn't do. Trent noticed the family didn't seem to mind, though. He had not seen his children pay so close attention to anything, he liked how they seemed to be approaching this adventure. Stacy, on the other hand, he couldn't get a good read on her. They had not had a moment to speak about what was happening to them, and he could only interpret her body language. For him, trying to keep an open mind, worrying about his family, trying to process what this experience was, and how he should handle it. Whirlwind. Trina drifted a bit when he heard the group begin to stir, It was clear they were getting the next stage of the journey. And while Trent and his family are getting ready to start the next part of their journey, we are going to stop here for today. We'll start with the tour of the lodging place on episode two, coming out soon. Again, my name is Monty, your host and author. I hope you enjoyed the episode and have a great day.